That song by Jason Gray has spoken to me a lot over the last year. Um, some of you guys know uh, Lena Begonia. She uh, gave me his album, uh, Where the Light Comes In. And uh, there's just something about truth. And uh, when music is sung with truth, it can really uh, minister to you. Uh, so if you're not familiar with Jason Gray, uh, grab his stuff. I've known him for about 16 years. He's from Minnesota. Neat brother. But that song uh, definitely speaks to where we are this morning, uh, big time. So let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at the last verse of this chapter this morning. Today's study is entitled, Today's Mercies for Today's Troubles, Tomorrow's Mercies for Tomorrow's Trouble. Speaking of another song, <clears throat> not by a Christian, Ray uh, Montating, I don't know if that's his name. Do you guys know? How do you say it? Okay. He's a country guy, right? Yeah, not too much into country, but I know this song. <laughs> trouble. Oh, Trouble. Tr I'm not going to sing it for you guys. Say thank you, Pastor. Trouble. Feels like every time I get back on my feet, she came around to knock me down again. Worry. Oh, worry, worry, worry. Sometimes I swear it feels like this worry is my only friend. Anyone feel like this might be the theme song to your life? Today's mercies are for today's troubles. So as we look at verse 34 here this morning, Jesus is going to return full circle here from this beginning discussion that he started in verse 25. Um, and then how he encourages us. He's encouraging us daily. Look at verse 11. This dependence upon God. That's what he is telling us. So Matthew 6.34 tells us, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. If you have a New Living Translation, it puts it this way. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And then a paraphrase version puts it this way. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. So God does not overload any day with trouble. That is what verse 34 is telling us. So each day has its appointed amount. So don't reach into tomorrow's and bring its troubles to today. Again, Lamentations chapter 3. Okay, I want you guys to look up here. Look at the words carefully. Lamentations 3.22 and 23 says, Through the Lord's mercies, through his mercies, we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So each day has its own appointed troubles. And there are new mercies then that are appointed for us every day so we can bear them. So trust him 
they're, they'll be there. This should also, not, well, we should not understand um, in the way of thinking, hey, this is just a transference of our troubles, you know, uh, to another day. That's not what he's saying at all, okay? This passage, it commands that one should stop worrying and be relying completely upon God and his gracious provision. So worry is unbelief parading in disguise. That's what it is. We need to call it for what it is. Worry is not only sin against God, it is sin against ourselves. Worry is really a slow form of suicide, for it poisons our systems and it does shorten our lives. Stress does that. How many of you guys have been affected by stress physically? You know, we know it can affect us spiritually, but it affects our body too. Okay. Um, at 11.40 p.m. on April 14th, look out Frederick Fleet spotted an iceberg immediately ahead of the Titanic, and he alerted the bridge. First Officer William Murdoch ordered that the ship should be steered around that obstacle and the engines should be put into reverse, but it was too late. You guys know the story. The, star, the starboard side of the Titanic struck this huge iceberg, creating a series of holes below the waterline. Five of the ship's watertight compartments were breached. It soon became clear that the, shoot, the, the ship was doomed and she could not survive more than four compartments being flooded. So Titanic began sinking bow first with water spilling from compartment to compartment to compartment as her angle in the water became steeper. You see, ocean liners in these large ships, they're built in such a fashion that the captain, by just pressing a button, can lower these big steel doors, walls, um, to divide these different wa uh, water right compartments. Um, then uh, the hull, when it's pierced in a disaster, only that small portion then of the ship can be filled, okay, or exposed to the water. So only a small portion of the boat then would be flooded. Uh, and in this way, a ship can keep afloat even though it has this gapping hole in its side. So ship floatability is really the accessibility of um, the ship's construction by flooding. So persons who are in the Navy or Coast Guard's maintenance and emergency repair specialists, they're called DCs or damage control men. So with this in mind, guys, in our voyage of life, we need to learn to operate as watertight doors that God has provided for us. You see, we need to shut out yesterdays, okay, with all their errors and failures, mistakes, regrets, delusions, defeats. We got to close it. <laughs> it's done. And then we also need to shut out those unborn tomorrows and live for this day alone. So we need to step into that next bulkhead, closing all doors and thus shutting out the past and the future. And it's learning how to live really in the present 
You guys ever hear anybody say, be in the present? Right? Yeah, that's what God wants for us. This moment right now. Don't miss it. So it's learning really the specialty of damage control man. Okay? Um, So it's remembering worry does not empty tomorrow of its troubles, but it does rob today of its strength. So today's mercies are for today's burdens. Every day, God appoints a measure of pleasure and pain for that day. It's like the old Swedish hymn. I want you guys to listen carefully. This is, I love it. It says, he, speaking about God, he whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Isn't that good? See, it's kind beyond all measure. He's kind beyond all measure. The Lord gives pain and pleasure to each day as he deems best. So we don't always agree enthusiastically, right, what God deems best. Okay, I don't know if you guys are like me, but often why this? Why now? Why? (laughs) But he has a plan in it. So it's hard for us to feel that he is kind beyond all measure when he gives us pain. Causing pain is not generally equated okay, with kindness. Especially if God's measure for one day seems a lot more than another day. What's up with that? Right? So, it's still true. God gives each day his wise and his loving measure of pain and pleasure. So today's mercies are not designed to carry tomorrow's burdens. Catch that, guys. It's not the way God works. It's not the way he wants us to depend upon him now, today. So there will be mercies tomorrow for whatever that is. Okay? The mercies are going to be there. Today's mercies are for today's burdens. Warren Wiersbe said this, worrying about tomorrow does not help either tomorrow or today. And I'm like, you're right, bro. (laughs) It's that simple. It's that true. Can we hold to this truth? You see, if anything, it robs us of our effectiveness for today when we worry especially about the future. What's going to happen tomorrow? How is that going to shake out next week? It's going to rob us of today, which means we will be even less effective than tomorrow. Someone has said that the average person is crucifying himself between two thieves, the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow. It is right to plan for the future or even to save for the future, but it's a sin to worry about the future and permit tomorrow to rob today of its blessings. And if we consider this context that we looked at last week here, Jesus' words, there's three of them that really pop out for me when it speaks to this section. It really points to the victory over worry. If you look down to verse 30 again, we see that key you know, aspect of faith. 
how important faith is. It's trusting God to meet our needs. Do you have that faith in him? Okay. We're told, I love, jot down Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. I know we want to trust God. But it's impossible to please God without faith. And he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay? And that really plays into what God is laying out here. So I see faith in verse 30, and then Father in verse 32. Do you know that you're his kid, that we're his children? That he is our heavenly Father? Okay, you guys see how important it is that we have faith, and that we come believing that he is, he is our dad. He cares about us, he's got us. And then verse 33, this word first, okay? Putting God's will first in our lives that he might be glorified. He's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? If you are, you're going to find this sweet spot with him of, yeah, I believe it pleases you, Dad. I'm trusting you. You got this. That's where he wants to be us to be saint in this sweet spot. So seek him. So if we have faith in our Father and we put him first, he's going to meet our needs. Is that complicated? Is that pretty simple? But isn't it hard to do sometimes? That's one thing I love about God. It's what I love about his word. These are profound truths. Very profound. That's why we're taking this morning, we're going to pause a little bit and take some time just looking at this again. Why? Because there's much that God wants to, us to get out of this, even though it's simple, okay? It is profound at the same time. And that's where we really need God's grace. And we need to humble ourselves and, God, please help here. I get it. <laughs> it's up here. But believing it, living it out, that's a whole nother thing. But let me tell you guys, if we do it his way, it is sweet. We don't have to have these worries, anxieties to carry these burdens. For tomorrow, we'll worry about its own things. Means there will be enough things to worry about tomorrow. Or tomorrow, you should worry about those things. So we are rarely anxious for today, if we're truthful. Okay, I, I struggle with anxiety. My anxiety is a lot of what needs to get done this week, tomorrow, a year from now. The what ifs. You see, guys, it is the future that bothers us. If we restrict our concern to today, we defeat anxiety. A shallow thinker might gather from the previous words here in Matthew 6, 25 to 33 about trust that the believer will have this smooth path through life. That's how a lot of people read this, teach this, but it's not what it's saying at all, is it, guys? Uh -uh. You see, it is not what Jesus is saying at all. You see, all people are going to have trouble, and guess what? Believers are among them. Among them. That's why this false gospel that's being preached today is derailing so many people. Because they are dealing with anxieties and worries, and they're hearing this gospel about Jesus. If you come to him, your life is going to be great. 
Everything's going to work out. You will be blessed. You'll be rich. You'll be healthy. Everything's good. Well, they respond to that gospel. And wow, things are still hard. There's still trouble. Why aren't things working out for me? And they walk away. Okay? It's not about that. We have a Savior. Okay? He is the one. He is the source. Anyways, I'm going to head of myself. Um, let's come back here. We do want to make it clear. I want to make this clear for all of us. Um, there is a difference in the world between facing problems. Uh, we certainly meet uh, with a firm faith, right, in our Heavenly Father. Whatever comes our way, I I'm trusting you, God. You, you got it, <laughs> okay? You you've promised you're there, or we're going to face it with anxiety. It it's, it's one or the other. So, if we consider what Jesus is saying here, that these mercies, okay, tomorrow is going to have its own thing, but guess what's going to happen tomorrow in those worries? There's new mercies again that day. So there's mercies for tomorrow's troubles. But pastor, what about tomorrow? Don't we go that way? What about tomorrow? I love Charlie Brown. Um... A.T. Robertson said this, The ghost of tomorrow stalks out with all its hobgoblins of doubt and distrust. He hit it on the head. It messes with us. It scares us. It allows fear to begin to rule and to speak. And that's just lies. What will become of our children? Will they believe or will they run away from the faith what will become of our health will we lose our memory before we go who will take care of us am i going to spend the last 10 years of my love life's crouched over in a wheelchair in some rural nursing home what will become of our marriages Will we ever trust again? Will we laugh? Will we pray? Will we play? <laughs> will there be, will we be there for our children? Will we be there for each other? Are we going to live the next 30, 40 years stressed out, strained, dissatisfied? What will it be like tomorrow? and tomorrow, and tomorrow. What will become of our church? What will tomorrow bring? Will we be together? Will we be winning the lost, still standing in his word, in righteousness? Will we be delivering the oppressed? Will we be sharing more and more with uh, to unreached people? Will we be worshiping the Lord with zeal for his glory and for the grace of our God? What about tomorrow? Will we have the strength to live for tomorrow when tomorrow comes and to live it well and wisely and to be able to do it joyfully no matter what God's measure of pain or pleasure may come? see new mercies for tomorrow 
are given tomorrow. Again, Lamentations 3, through the Lord's mercies, it's through his mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So the strength, guys, catch this, to live tomorrow will be given tomorrow and not today. And it will be given, okay? It's a gift. Our task today, then, is not to have strength for what's needed for tomorrow's burdens. Our task today is to live by the mercies given today and to believe that there will be new mercies for tomorrow. So today's mercies do not include the strength for tomorrow. They include faith that tomorrow's mercies are going to suffice for the worries that are going to be there. So this is very important for you and I, for living the Christian life. It is important for you children here this morning to grasp these truths. For you teenagers, for the college students, for young adults, for middle-aged people facing major life changes, for older people with tremendous uncertainties before them, for single people, for married people. This truth is needed for everyone. It's important because of how natural in the strong impulse that we have in our human nature to want to feel sufficient today for tomorrow's challenges. That's our fallen nature. God wants us to depend upon him, to humble ourselves, to surrender ourselves, and I'm trusting you, God. I'm depending upon you. I need you. Brothers and sisters, he is the becoming one. He is our strength. He is loving. He is kind. He is gracious, and he is so, so merciful to us. So we don't like it when the gauge reads empty. You guys ever get to that point at the end of the day? I am so spent. I'm on empty. How is that going to get done tomorrow? <laughs> you know? um, and we have to go to sleep if we can. Sometimes the worries are so bad that we can't even get the rest we need. Not feeling the power for tomorrow's troubles. So why are they new every, every morning? You guys ever wonder that? To be honest with you guys, the last few years, that's one of the running thoughts that go through my head. It's one of the first things I think of when I wake up in the morning. Because sometimes I wake up panicked. Like, oh boy, today is full. Oh boy, I know that's going to be a hard conversation today. Oh boy, how is this all going to work out? And I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is right there with me, that God is in me. Son, I got you. I love you. I have mercy today for you. I pray that he speaks that to your heart every day and that you can experience it. And isn't it sweet when we just wake up like, oh, I went to bed overwhelmed. <laughs> but here you are, God. You're with me today just like you promised. So why does God do it that way? It's not because yesterday's mercies were bad or weak. It's because they were yesterday's. That's the point. 
Their yesterdays are gone. Yesterday's mercies were for yesterday's burdens. So today's mercies are for today's burdens. They are new every morning. They're like that manna that we read about in the wilderness. Okay, They weren't to keep it. It was for that day. God was going to provide what was needed that day. Can't keep it overnight. Enough comes each day. So you live on God day by day, or you don't live on God. I could have just preached that, and that would have been good enough for today. I mean, that's the bottom truth, right? You do or you don't. And brother and sisters, I want to encourage you. We as a church family want to encourage each other. Live for God. Let him do. We're here for him. And how does that look? Well, things might have to change. But it's him. Bottom line, it is him. I want to spend the rest of our time together this morning just ending service with sharing scriptures that have ministered us personally. Okay? Because it's the word of God that speaks. Some of the roughest things I've ever gone through in life, God has brought to remembrance his word in scripture to strengthen. And guys, sometimes, and this is how I know it's the Holy Spirit, it's scriptures that I didn't even know the reference to. I never spent any time memorizing. He just speaks his word. And he's just like, you're right, God. <laughs> you're right there. So I'd love for us to be able to share some times or some different scriptures that have ministered, have strengthened us in times of worry or despair, anxiety, or those moments in life that we've just been overwhelmed and God had spoken to us. Um, and I hope in that that many of us will share because I think we will find encouragement just in the word of God. So at this time, I'm going to have Steve. He's going to grab a mic. Um, and I'd like you guys to turn in your Bibles to a passage that has strengthened you or spoken to you, have given you hope, have come to see God and how merciful he is. So all you need to do, raise your hand. Steve will come over with a mic. And you can please give the reference because I'm sure people are going to want to jot down some of these references. But we'll do this for a little bit. If you guys get long-winded, we'll start the countdown at five minutes <laughs> so we can wrap up. I'll, I'll share the first one. Jeremiah 29, 11. Many of you probably already know this one. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Okay, mine is in Philippians 4, 8. Um, I find this one, I struggle with anxiety and depression, so um, there's so many verses in the Bible that talk about don't be anxious, but this one actually helps me change my focus on what I'm supposed to be thinking about. So, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things.
while we're there, mine's um, Philippians 4.13. It says, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And um, for me, that just means a lot. Like, uh, I'm going through, you know, broken arm here or surgery. And uh, just knowing that he's there and he can get me through this um, has made it much easier to deal with. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And that's something that for most of my life has been just an exhortation or reminder that keeping my mind stayed on the Lord is where it's at. So. This one's really specific to me um, after I married Aaron. Um, this is Psalm 115, verses 9, 10, and 11. I was afraid after some scary movie. Sure had demonic themes in it. I didn't know how to handle myself. <laughs> Couldn't sleep. Um, and I just flipped open. I did the whole, like, didn't really have a plan. Flipped open to Psalm 115 here, verse 9. O Israel, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. Verse 10, O priests, descendants of Aaron, house of Aaron, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. Verse 11, all you who fear the Lord, trust the Lord. He is your helper and your shield. So mine is Joshua 1.9, which a lot of you probably know. Um, and it was the verse that really kind of struck me when I first came to the Lord. And then um, I know it was a kid's memory verse at some point downstairs. Um, but Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Uh, Job 19, 25, 26, and 27, but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives, and he will stand upon the earth at last, and after my body has decayed, yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. Uh, Acts 8, 13 through 40. I won't read the whole thing, but if you look at this entry from the point of view of the secondary character, the Ethiopian eunuch in his chariot, reading the word but not understanding it. If the story was told from his point of view, he would be dum-de-dum-de-dum going down the road, not understanding anything of what he's saying, reading in the word. And how many times have we done that and just kind of been like stuck or somebody else tries it and they don't look again in the word for months. And God picked up Philip and dropped him there and said, go over and <laughs> he uh, said, go over and overtake that chariot. And he's told him to go there, overtake the chariot. And he did, and the guy was reading the gospel, and he said, do you understand what you're saying? So out of nowhere, God just decided to, hey, this kid needs help understanding this word right now. And I, one of the first things I think of, because it's so encouraging, that he did provide there in a most supernatural way. And then 
a few words after the passage is done and the purpose has been served and the eunuch has actually been baptized, uh, Philip's gone and he appears somewhere else, completely nowhere near where he is. When I was a teen, I um, I found myself very drawn to God and I knew I loved him. Uh, but I also feared him, but I feared him in the wrong way. I, I feared that I could never be good enough to be accepted. So the night that, um, that I was really, really seeking him and going through, uh, uh, going through my Bible alone in my bedroom, um, I came across this verse, Ephesians 2, 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. And uh, right there, I was, just set, I was set free from that fear that I wasn't good enough and uh, found true salvation knowing that it was a gift. Um, this particular scripture um, really helped me through in numerous things, and a, a very hard breakup, the loss of a child, a breast cancer diagnosis, and just numerous times this verse just has come back to me. And, um, where, and this is, you know, the Lord... Um, but I was continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me by your wise advice, and then you will lead me to a position of honor. Whom do I have in heaven but you? I desire no one but you on earth. My flesh and my heart may grow weak, but God always protects my heart and gives me stability. Yes, look. Those far from you die. You destroy everyone who is unfaithful to you. But as for me, God's presence is all I need. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter as I declare all the things you have done. Did I say that with Psalm 72? Uh, as long as the mic is here, Steve. Um, I, I think I probably shared this with many of you, but Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I got one more. <laughs> uh, this is 
Psalm 103, verses 8 through 11. I find this encouraging. Uh, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Um, First John 5, 9-12 We accept human testimony. God's testimony is greater because it is the testimony that he has given about his Son. Those who believe in the Son of God have the testimony of God in them. Those who don't believe God have made God a liar. They haven't believed the testimony that God has given about his Son. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is found in his Son. The person who has a son has this life. In regards to First um, John 5, verse 9, I think that it kind of talks about, you know, we accept human testimony, but it's the testimony is the trials and the struggles that we go through, not only before we know Christ, but while we know Christ, but it also goes, and then it says that God's testimony means more than what we've gone through. So that's, that's just how I think about it. So. Um, Psalm 34, 18 through 19. Um, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them all. Psalm 103 uh, speaks to me, verses um, 1 through 5, and especially uh, verse 1. Um, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Um, in my walk, I gave the Lord bits and pieces. He had to work pretty hard to, to track me down, and um, I just really was not all that giving. And I, in reading this verse, we need to give him all that we have. And um, that's what he wants from us. So, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, and redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Um, I've got <clears throat> Second Kings six fifteen. This is a story that kind of gives me chills every time I hear it. It's just something that we don't necessarily think about um, sometimes when we're afraid, uh, and it's helped me in the past. Um, so starting at verse 15, Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray open his eyes that he may see. 
And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So, um, I don't know if any of you remember your first Bible verse when you went to a Bible church, no matter how young or old you are. I was a young man of 36 years old when I first started my, my Bible uh, life and, and faith life in Christ. And I remember the very first verse, Romans 8.31, it's, if God is for us, who can be against us? And pretty short and sweet, um, but that stuck with me all the way through my life, and there's a lot there in those few words. And if you think about it, you stop and break that down, you think about it, um, God is for us. What, what more could we ask? We can do anything with him. And that brings a lot of other verses to mind. But uh, that one always stuck with me, so I thought I'd just mention that. And I also had a uh, work-heavy plaque on my desk that I've had it for 20 years, and it read, uh, the greatness of a leader is in his humility before God, not in his eloquence before men. And that kind of meant something to me uh, for a long time, but you know what? I never looked at the psalm underneath that verse where that came from. And so God put that in front of me a few months ago, and that's the newest one that stays with me, and it's Psalm 37, 37, which says, The steps of a good man are directed by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. And that was pretty amazing that God takes verses and puts them in your life at certain times. And I think that's the message is we have to be awake and ready when he puts those right in front of us, even when we're blind and we don't see them. And there it is. And it's amazing that uh, that's what a life of uh, a growing, living faith life is really about, I think, is be ready because God just throws those things right in front of you. And then you remember them. And I don't remember things too well, so I'll tell you, this was pretty amazing. So praise God on that one. I got Jeremiah 17, 5 through 10, wisdom from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness, in an inhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. I feel with that passage, it just tells a lot of people, if you have a hard part in your life going on, just to remember those verses. Um, this is uh, Luke 23, 39 uh, through 43. Uh, then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? 
and we indeed justly, for receive our due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. They said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will walk with me in paradise. Um, this speaks to me just simply because I know I've been <clears throat> both of those criminals uh, hanging there at times in my life. I've rebuked because I've been angry with circumstances in my life. And I've also been the other that's just been in the moment and uh, asked God to just please remember me. This one's from Isaiah it's 43, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your steed. So as we were doing this, I was looking back, and the verse I had wrote in the front of my Bible like Joe was talking about before, I got saved in a by going to a church that was going teaching through the the Word of God through the Bible, um, which was absolutely new for me. And <clears throat> as we were going through these, and I was looking at this again, and it just resonates what everybody is is talking about all these different verses. And it's Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven. And do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. word doesn't return void for sure it's neat how he's hidden these things in our hearts and these truths and there's just something good about sharing with one another the word of god i'd encourage you guys we all go through it at different times you know i love getting a text just with a scripture of truth of promise do that for one another it's good i want you guys to turn to psalm 17 i'm going to share mine with you guys um, the reason my mic's on a stand, I don't know about you, you guys feel like dropping the mic after sharing your verse, like, yeah! <laughs> you know? Steve's like, thanks for not doing that. <laughs> dropping the mic. We should have got one of the youngsters to do it. We have one of our elders run it. Thank you for doing all the running, Steve. We appreciate that. Isn't it good just to hear the word of God? It is, it is. Uh, Psalm, the last verse of Psalm 17, verse 15. I put this verse on the first business card I ever made for myself when I was youth pastoring, and it's still speaking to me this, to this day. It says, as for me, I will see your face in righteousness, 
and I shall be satisfied when I awaken your likeness. Brother and sister, there is hope in the resurrection. Okay, Jesus saves. Okay, we have hope in the gospel. It's not wishful thinking. And we will one day awake in his presence and be like he is. Can't wait for that. And I'm just going to read the next few verses in Psalm 18 because these just rock too. Look at this. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. There's just so many cool ones in the scriptures. But I hope you guys have been encouraged this morning that you're looking to Jesus, that yeah, I can trust you. Okay. And when we see a brother and sister going through it, when we're praying for one another, just pray that our eyes are fixed upon him. Because when our eyes get on the stuff of this world, guys, that's when we start tripping out. Okay. Peter began to sink when when he was walking on the water. When he looked at the storm, he got his eyes off Jesus. Keep him on Jesus. Amen? Let's stand. We'll close in prayer. Well, Father, we do thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. Thank you for knowing every fiber of our being, including every anxiety and worry that we have have had, will have, God. And yet, you're loving us. You're drawing us closer to yourself, and we thank you for that. And we would ask this morning that you give us faith to combat our fears, to give us fresh confidence in the promises of your word that you've given to us, God. Help us just to trust you with our whole hearts, with what you say, and to help us to live boldly without worry, because you are our shield, you're our protector, you're our refuge, our strength, our strong tower, our ever-present help in time of trouble. We trust in the saving heart of you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us. And we pray these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.